Today, the church remembers and gives thanks for St. Luke. This is truly a joyful task. There are so many reasons to be thankful for St. Luke and so many ways to remember him, so many ways the church has remembered him. Our collect for the day remembers Luke first as your servant Luke, the physician. And certainly the lesson from Ecclesiasticus, Jesus ben Sirach, was chosen to pick up on this aspect of the tradition about Luke. That's probably also true of the Psalm, which says that God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. We are not given the lesson from the end of Colossians, where someone named Luke is described as Luke, the beloved physician, who sends, your greeting, sends you greetings, but that text is almost certainly the source of the tradition about Luke, the evangelist, as a physician. The Order of St. Luke and many hospitals named after St. Luke um, are, have, have ministry for praying for healing and a ministry of visiting the sick in honor of St. Luke, who is remembered as the beloved physician. That brings us to a second way that St. Luke is remembered in the church, both in Colossians and in 2 Timothy, which we just heard, namely St. Luke as a trusted companion of the Apostle Paul. The tradition preserved in 2 Timothy, parts of which may have been written by the historical Paul as well as, as the canonical Paul, describes Paul in the last days before his death, writing from prison to say that Demas, Crescens, and Titus have all left him and gone elsewhere. Only Luke is with me. The writer adds, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful in my ministry. I once heard a sermon on this passage, not on St. Luke's day, but on St. Mark's day, by Bishop Christer Stendhal, the well-known Lutheran feminist, Paul scholar, and dean of Harvard Divinity School. Bishop Stendhal picked up the, on two phrases, Luke alone is with me, and get Mark, for he is useful, and commented, that's where we are in the church today. Luke alone is with us. Everybody loves Luke. All the good stuff is in Luke. The Good Samaritan, the Prodigal Son, the Magnificat, the Nunc Dimittis. But he added, get Mark as well, for he is very useful in our ministry. As we're about to begin the Mark and liturgical year, I'd like to agree with him about that, but this is St. Luke's Day, so back on topic. <laughs> a third way that St. Luke is remembered by many parts of the church, a way that doesn't show up in our lessons, is as the first iconographer in the East and as the first portrait painter of the Holy Family in the West. I personally have seen the portrait of Mary and Jesus attributed to St. Luke by the Church of South India. It's in a church on top of a mountain outside of Chennai, India. The tradition is that St. Luke traveled to India and painted their portrait during the famous hidden years of the boy Jesus. Between the time when young Jesus stayed behind in the temple of Jerusalem to be about his father's business, 
talking to the religious leaders there and the time when the adult Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan. You will remember that only Luke tells this story of the boy Jesus, and so the tradition is that he had insider knowledge as a friend of the Holy Family. And the portrait is pretty good. I thought it looked just like Mary and a lot like Jesus. And I understand that there are Eastern equivalents to this Western-style portrait in icons painted by St. Luke in Greece and in Turkey. So according to this tradition, Luke was a master of several different artistic styles. But the fourth way that St. Luke is remembered is the one that excites me as a biblical scholar. Luke Timothy Johnson refers to his namesake Luke's narrative magic. We have an example of it in our gospel passage for today. Both Mark and Matthew recount the visit of Jesus to his hometown of Nazareth and the reception he received there. By the way, Tom Wolfe was right about this one. You can't go home again. Some of you have already discovered this, and the rest of you will find out soon enough that once you're in seminary, your relationship with your home parish changes. Well, you're in good company. The same thing happened to Jesus. The part of the story we just heard seemed to go well enough, but in just a few more verses, the people of his hometown will try to kill him. And it's Luke's version of the story that we tend to remember, not Mark's, not Matthew's, but Luke's story. It's because he writes so vividly, so powerfully, I always say of Luke, he's our Shakespeare, he's our Milton. This is the important sense in which Luke is a portrait painter. He helps us to see the action unfolding in front of our eyes. Jesus, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, returning to Nazareth in the Galilee. Jesus, entering the synagogue on the Sabbath day, standing up to read the Torah. Jesus being handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, unrolling it, scrolling down to find the place where it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We watch him roll up the scroll again, give it to the attendant, and sit down, the traditional position of a teacher or preacher. We see the eyes of everyone in the synagogue fixed upon Jesus, waiting for him to speak. And we're waiting too, perhaps expecting a long discourse on his plans and his vision if so, we don't get it. In the shortest sermon ever given, Jesus says exactly one sentence, but it's a killer. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. He leaves them to do the math, to figure out that the prophet Isaiah spoke about him, to figure out that this is his inaugural address, his plan, his program, his purpose for coming, to enact 
and embody the saving history of God with Israel in his own person. And it is narrative magic. We are completely enthralled. And the whole gospel is like that. It is Luke's version of the Annunciation that we read. It is Luke's version of the two thieves on the cross that we all remember. I wouldn't quite say that all of the good stuff is in Luke, but a lot of it is. <laughs> His verbal portrait of Jesus, whatever we make of the other tradition, is simply wonderful. So we will give the physician his place, as Ecclesiasticus urges us to do, and we will honor the friend of Paul. God knows Paul needs as many friends as he can get. And perhaps we will also welcome the iconographer, portrait painter of the Holy Family. Why not? But it is Luke, the evangelist, that we really love. His words just sing, and they make us want to sing as well. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, as our psalm puts it, with thanksgiving to God for St. Luke.